it's something I don't need to say at all, at all, at all. You must be having your quality assurance, right? And so, um, in fact, checking your graphics, checking what, but through a radio, through a radio somewhere, listening, and even near here with you here to make sure you know what graphic to increase, to what to sharpen for the listeners globally, because you know that there are hundreds of cities tuned in now. And so, um, I said in our session tonight, we will divide the message into two segments. And I said the first half is going to mainly feature prophecy. And I said there is prophecy um, that is so critical for this hour. And I said that some of the prophecies that were spoken by these two prophets of Yahweh were spoken way back, 2003, 2004. And uh, I remember at that time probably traveling Canada, going from meeting to meeting, church to church, or traveling um, uh, either uh, the other countries, but it was all over the world. So, so some of those prophecies, when I retrieve them now, they come into light and give light and greater understanding on what's going on now globally. And that's why I have decided to retrieve them, to, to bring them back. And also in the process of handling prophecy, handling um, this prophecy, some of which you've heard, but uh, I already submitted to you here that what you've heard is really just part of that entire prophecy. So the detail of which, of which coming out today will shed more light onto why the earth is where she is today. And there's not much to write on this. I'm just simply developing a bearing for you people here. And, um, and I said that, um, I want to take three or four prophecies and look at them in greater depth the way the Lord uh, brought them into place. The Lord uh, brought the pronouncement to the generation that in the process then, now open up the greater depth of each of those prophecies and retrieve some of the treasures that are embedded, that are mine them out to be able to better explain to you what is happening to the earth at this time and the message, the instruction the Lord is giving to this generation at this time. And I said um, that, uh, for example, looking at some of these old books of prophecy, uh, old books on which I wrote as the Lord spoke then, some of the major prophecies you're familiar with, uh, like... Um, the, the landmark prophecy of April 2nd, 2004, the one that really, really defined or set a pace for the events in heaven and events on the earth and um, um, rolled out what you see happening in Israel today. Yeah. Can you give the water to Professor Ambula? The people you're giving water are this side. Really, really, really. Can you stop?
Professor Ambula. It was not for anybody else. Can you come and serve? Let, let me switch off. Can you switch me off? prophecies and going into greater depth with each of those prophecies we are able to see the vastness the message and the instruction and also understand better what's happening on the earth today and uh, I also said that uh, these books these little notebooks upon which I wrote some of the conversations the Lord was and is having with the church today, they contain some very, very significant aspects of those prophecies you've heard, except that the greater detail of them can now come out today. For example, the prophecy of the wedding rings, you can see that all across this book that I used, to write what the Lord was saying. Um, there's so much repeat of the conversation on the golden glorious wedding rings. So you can almost tell where the Lord was placing emphasis because you find as I was going through these books upon which I wrote the prophecies of the Lord that are so critical to explain what's happening globally now, you find that on such a date, the Lord spoke about the wedding rings. And then you come to another date, he spoke about them again. And you hear the trumpet call, even I wrote, that when the wedding ring, the wedding rings in the sky were in this horizontal position, then the trumpet sounded. And when the trumpet sounded, then the two of them were being flipped, being flipped, and, and, and the Lord would make them knock on one another also so I could hear the thing, the sound he really communicated so much the sound that these, the rings, he would knock them ting, like that but flipping them flipping them and uh, flipping them to ensure that I understood exactly what he was saying and you see back again horizontally the two wedding rings, the sister ring of the wedding, wedding rings and now the greater detail, as I said, and I repeat here because we are live on air, is that uh, the, the design of the wedding rings, now the inner workings of God into developing and designing the wedding rings, and then you see that 
what has not been spoken in this conversation of the wedding rings is now the fact that the greater detail and design has it that all along and around the wedding rings he has put little, little, little crowns. There are little crowns around the wedding rings on the upper side and the lower side. They're well-designed, beautiful wedding rings. And then the trumpet was sounding in the sky. He says, and everything changed in the sky when this was happening. It became more glorious. He poured glory from heaven. He opened heaven to do this. And, and so much. You can see, for example, this one is one, the one of May 19th, 2004. That's now way back after 2nd of April, 2004. So you can see that the Lord spoke severally. And he's so going through this. You're also... In so going through this, you're also able to know where the Lord was laying emphasis, where he was emphasizing, where he was giving greater weight in terms of the messaging, the message to the wedding rings, wedding rings, wedding, that event, that event, you see. And I said, uh, on another day, he came, you can see now this one again, on another day totally, Again, I don't know in which country this was. I may have been traveling either Canada or New Zealand. I don't know. But uh, this look, again, you see the drawings of the wedding rings. You see how they are taking horizontal position. They are taking vertical position. They are changing between when they are about to hit horizontal and so forth. So I kept drawing them as the Lord did in the sky. When they are horizontal, you would think they have written um, the figure 8 at the entrance that is open and so forth. Because I see one of the pastors, his email there. I can be able to tell which country then. You see that now. So, and the phone number. Yes, so the, the conversation of the Lord has been deliberate by design and continuous. And then you see also on Tuesday, December Fourth, okay, fourteenth, December fourteenth. When now he lifts me up, then um, he lifts me up, and then he makes me um, begin to repair the altar of the Lord that is broken. So. I am up, let's say a few kilometers up here, but I'm busy building the altar. So he was giving me the blocks and I was building, I was building the broken altar. You see that? And then the Holy Spirit spoke by voice. So you see, I wrote them all here. When I was building the altar that was broken, putting blocks, putting rocks, putting, it was above, up, above the earth here. It's amazing. And then also, there are so many conversations that I said would be able to look at. But today, I have specifically pulled out for you a very important prophecy. A very important prophecy. Um, probably three of them or four as time will allow. And I want to mine deeper into those prophecies. 
that we may be able to develop a broader base, a very strong foundation on the message that's going to be delivered today, especially regarding the goings-on upon the face of the earth today. The coronavirus, you see, the distress, global distress that has set in, the locust, you see, and the message. And so it's all by design now that... uh, we go through all these things. Um, for example, I want to look at the visitation of November 11th, the year 2003. And in that visitation, I'll read here, the Lord showed me the coming of the Messiah in a mighty, mighty, mighty vision. And uh, the Lord lifted me up between heaven and the earth and I could see the earth and I could also see the mountains the rivers the lakes the cities the forests the oceans from above I could see the earth in this way and then a mighty voice from heaven said yes Jerusalem is the center of the earth. A mighty voice, the mighty voice of the Lord now spoke from heaven and said, Yes, Jerusalem is the center of the earth. And then, when I looked, then I saw the city of Jerusalem appear and it was highly exalted above all the other cities of the earth city of Jerusalem I could see a white building in that city of Jerusalem then I saw a temple plus other structures then immediately the sun disappeared then it became such a gloomy gloomy day without light then after that Suddenly the moon disappeared. Then the next thing, and everything was happening in sequence, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, the next thing then I saw all the stars fall off from the sky. So it became a very, very sad day. That tremendous visitation of the Lord of November 11th, the year 2003. Then I saw a huge, large amount of the glory of God leaving heaven and coming down towards the earth. Still in between the earth and heaven, up in the sky here. But now I could see heaven has opened and the tremendous glory of the Lord is now coming from heaven towards the earth. There was so much glory, so much heavenly activity, and all that movement was coming towards the earth. So I could see a lot of heavenly activity within the glory, and all coming towards the earth. Then the glory of God came down 
and formed a funnel shape, a V-shape, like the one you saw that visited in Kisumu. The funnel shape, V-shape, funnel shape. When he was now coming to touchdown, now a funnel shape of the glory. Then the Lord was coming towards the earth with so much glory and so much power of the heavenly hosts. That is now the increased activity I was seeing inside. I could see his white robe and the red cloth. In fact, the, the, the part I skipped there is this. When I looked at not V-shaped really, almost V-shaped yes, but funnel shaped is better. When I looked at the glory coming down like a funnel from heaven, about to touch down, then I could see at the lead, at the lead was the Lord. Before I described the garment he wore, I saw that the Lord was leading them as they were headed to Jerusalem. And then... I could see his white robe and the red cloth, the sash that runs across his shoulder from his left shoulder from from, from his left just a moment, let me be careful whether it's my left or his left because I'm looking this way but from his left shoulder running this way the red sash and then the red sash from his left shoulder and the belt that was strapped around his waist the belt was like leather. And that belt, excuse me, was reddish brown in color and shiny. And then I realized he had his majestic crown of gold on his head. Still on November 11th, as we develop today's sermon, today's message, all geared at explaining what you see happening globally. November 11, 2003, visitation. The Lord's crown was of gold and it had two lines running, two lines of gold running across his forehead at different levels. The crown of gold is the stature of his heavenly majesty. And that crown of gold, later the Lord draws me so close to see, draws me so close to see the crown. I really came so close. That crown of gold of the Lord also has some very special bluish gold that are decorations that glitter within the same awesome gold. That is what I just showed you now when I walked around and I said, some of these I even drew and said, these are now the bluish gold that were very shiny. There was some light coming from the glory of God, the Father, because God the Father was on my right hand side. So some light was now coming from that side. Remember the sun has disappeared. The moon has disappeared. 
the stars have collapsed. But now on my right hand side, I realized God the Father was on the right hand side where his voice was coming from. Now light was coming from that side. Then the voice of the Lord God the Father that was describing to me each and each, each and every bit of these events appeared to be coming from that right side. Immediately, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, touched his glorious feet on the city, on the mountain there, on the city of Jerusalem. There was a massive, unbelievable historic earthquake. I even still see it as I talk to you, that hit the earth. So as he was coming, that V-shape of the glory, he's leading them. But immediately he stepped his feet on the mountain there. We all know the mountain. The Mount of Olives, right? Then there was a massive historic earthquake that shook the earth. And I'm still seeing this from above the earth. Hallelujah. And then the earth trembled very severely and quaked. The fault lines developed and I could see them spreading from Jerusalem all across the earth. And water gushed out and began to flow through the fault lines. But one other thing I want to mention here, before the water really came out, when the Messiah, because now the Lord brought me to the, to the place where I was now facing him as he's arriving unto Jerusalem. So I could see how he's arriving. So immediately his feet stepped on, thank you sometimes for paying attention so I don't do this. Yeah. So um, immediately his feet stepped down on the city of Jerusalem, that mountain, the Mount of Olives, the fault line. But what amazed me is first the glory that at at ground level, but a bit higher, I don't know how many meters from the ground, that flowed like this towards the city from the mountain. That part I have not written there. The glory flowed massively as the earthquake took place before the water gushed out. The glory flowed into the city and I think that glory opened the eastern gate of Jerusalem for the first time. So that's the part I forgot to write here. And then now water flowed through, the, gushed out and flowed through the fault lines. Then I saw that the light of the Lord God that was coming from the right hand side was now reflecting on the face of the Messiah. Now I could see that the light of the Lord God from the right was now reflecting on his face, the face of the Messiah. So that's why I said there's greater detail that we have not shared before, and probably this is the prudent time to do that, right? Reflecting on the face of the Christ. So this is one of the visitations, and this one, as you can see, um, entails a narrative, a description of the second coming of the Messiah. So I want to bring it into picture now 
the second coming of the Christ. I want to bring it and discuss it also in relation to the rapture. This is now Christ coming with the holy saints to Jerusalem. That's what I described. But it does entail the day of the Lord. That's why I see the sun goes away, the moon and so forth. In that description, there is the day of the Lord embedded in there. The day of the Lord, which is different from the day of rapture. And that's why I thought today was such an ample day to open up a little bit more. The day of the Lord. Hallelujah. So the day of the Lord, the darkness, the gloom, the sadness. Because I remember in another conversation that I can tag in, though I have not uh, prepared that for you, in another very tremendous vision when he showed me the day of the Lord, then I remember that when I woke up, the first thing I asked him, I said, Lord, but why is this so, why was this so sad and dark? And so that's not anything to write, but I'm just saying that it was dark. So, so, if I get time, I may touch on the day of the Lord. But in your spiritual aptitude, in your spiritual expedition, it's important now to factor in the day of the Lord so that your bearing is right, your comparative is done well. So you understand the rapture and what the day of the Lord is. And also, the different narratives that tend to confuse the church can now be clarified here. Later, shortly, I'm going to read from Scripture and then I'll bring that to light. And then uh, I want to look at uh, this other conversation, another one of May 17th, the year 2004. May 17th, 2004. The Lord God showed me a great vision about the glorious coming of the Messiah. May 17th, 2004. The vision of the Lord was presented to me by God the Father in two different forms. In two stages, in other words. The first part involved me looking up into the sky. And there was a loud trumpet that sounded at the right hand side of the sky. The glory of the Lord God shone again from the right hand side of the sky. Then I could see the door of heaven open. The door of heaven is opening now. After which I saw a horizontal ring ring-like structure, then now we know those are the wedding rings we've been talking about, but at that time, ring-like structure coming, appearing, and, and being drawn towards that entrance that was open into the sky. And then the horizontal ring was so flexible, changing positions at all times, sometimes almost writing the figure of figure 8 horizontal, that is what I've just shown you in these books here where I documented all these oracles. Then sometimes dismantling that horizontal formation and becoming vertical. But every time it changed shape, shape from horizontal to vertical, it, the trumpet sounded. 
the wedding ring itself, like I said, was very beautiful, well decorated. Some of the gold, some of the gold there is also bluish and crowns all around. Again, I said, when the characteristic trumpet sounded, the rings became vertical or horizontal. They, they changed the formation they had. Then the tremendous glory of the Lord appeared through the rings now when they were in vertical position. And then from the right hand side where the glory of God the Father was shining, the tremendous voice of the Lord shouted. And the Lord said, Look, the Lord is about to appear in the sky. So now that is the voice of the archangel. And I have shared this before and I'm sharing this now. He said, Look, the Lord is about to appear in the sky. Very aloud. Then immediately the Lord Jesus appeared on the right hand side of the sky. And he stood there and he looked at me. I could see his crown on his head. The majesty and the beauty of that crown that adorned his head. And the finishings. The Lord now makes me see the detail. I could also see the white robe that he wore. Glowing with glory. I could see the red sash that ran from his shoulder and across his, his, his shoulder like this down the crown I said was rich with some bluish gold also some very shiny bluish gold as I've shown you the drawings I made and then at that time the Lord the Messiah then took his hand, nail pierced hand and point showed me, pointed at me like this the palm, he was showing me the palm and the nail pierced could be seen, I could see and glowing with glory remember this is the same nail pierced hand that one time touched me the same nail pierced hand I've, designed, I've always discussed that uh again was placed at the door you remember and I described the embroidery the decoration that was on the V shape like this and some shiny diamond like shine like embroidery on it and you remember the greater part of that narrative has it that uh, I was so surprised because I realized that the nail pierce was not healed so that really perplexed me quite a bit and sent me into mourning and crying and weeping and not understanding the cost of salvation that we may never understand in this life the real price the Messiah paid because I asked why are the wounds still fresh because I think in my own way I thought the wounds have dried and healed so we may never understand I don't know so that also sent me asking quite a bit and then uh so at that time, he showed me the nail pierced on his right hand, the palm. And then he walked across the sky. From the right hand side, he was now walking towards the left. Every footstep the Lord made in the sky as he walked across 
remained a footprint of glory, 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 as he walked across. So I could literally see where he has come from across the sky. Tremendous, tremendous, very mighty. It was possible now to trace the Lord, where the Lord had walked all across the sky from the beginning. When the Lord reached the left end, the leftmost end of the sky, he again stopped and turned and faced the world, turned towards me. And once he was sure that I was paying attention, then he took the right hand now and showed me the nail pierce. After that, I could still see the crown. And then he turned and entered. The cloud opened and he entered inside heaven. And he was covered by a cloud. In other words, the door to heaven closed. Then at that same time, the Lord spoke in a loud voice saying, Look, he is coming back soon. By voice. But I remember the detail that I've not written here is that I was uh, caught up and consumed in that conversation, in that vision, such that when the Lord was turning and beginning to turn and face heaven and uh, into this tremendous door that was open, I remember I cr- I cried out. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, please take me with you. I cried. I said, Lord, please take me with you. And I remember when the Lord answered me, and then he said, your time is not yet. And another conversation that we can share here. This is the one of April 2nd. is very well known, but there are some details I want to bring in. The, conver- the landmark prophecy that is affecting Israel now, the changes of leadership in Israel that you see up, and I think two or three days ago, they got elections, and uh, Benjamin Netanyahu made it which really blessed my heart a bit. And so, but still, he has to form the government, right? Yes, so, unless the Lord wants to dramatize this further, then they run into another election. To still emphasize the changes of leadership that I spoke within this prophecy. In Israel, in Jerusalem. So, God the Father took me right into heaven, and he stood me right in front of his throne in heaven. This is April 2nd, 2004. While standing in front of the most holy and most dreadful throne of God, then I saw the glory of God that had covered the sacred, most holy throne of God Almighty in heaven like a mountain. And it makes me know that he that sits on the throne is seated on the throne. Then at that time I saw the moon appear up above on the left hand side. My right hand side but the left hand side of the throne. And the moon, when the moon appeared there, that expanse, within that expanse, the moon became glorious. Very glorious. Emitting, glowing, in other words. And all of a sudden the moon became swathed with blood. Blood covered the moon, but the right and lower side covered majority of it. I could say almost 75% of the moon was swathed with blood. Swathed red. 
the blood was on the right hand side of the moon like I said then still standing in front of the throne of God then I saw four horses released under the moon and they were running across the sky that expanse four horses these are now the details I said I wanted to share which we have not been discussing four horses then are released and they run across that expanse of the glorious the glory around the moon so you can imagine the tremendous picture that I was having where now the moon is glorious I'm standing before the throne of God Almighty Yahweh and then the moon appears on the left side my right hand side of the throne now like this in the expanse and the moon is glorious all of a sudden it becomes glorious glowing in that area and then swathed with blood and once swathed with blood then as the glory is still there then I saw all of a sudden four horses released running around there with their tails wagging and lifted around there you can across there is such a spectacular this is such a magnificent uh, vision to behold the horses had their tails wagging and raised implying that they are ready to go and then at that time I realized that between me and the throne of God there was this, it looked like grass but there was a hissing sound of the the, 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 dread, the dread of the glory of God that was flowing in that place the sound was like very fine hissing sound that was almost dreadful but also as the glory was flowing around in front of the throne where I was standing then after that John the Baptist walks from the throne and has that conversation with me that I've shared globally I've shared it in uh, in Canada I've shared it uh, all over the United States I've shared it in uh, in New Zealand in Australia in uh, Africa in Europe Asia I've shared that another conversation February 2nd the year 2004 that is before the April 2nd this time by voice he spoke aloud from heaven the Lord God said prepare the way for the coming of the Lord as is written by Isaiah prepare the way for the coming of the Lord as is written by Isaiah so I immediately woke up understood the message and then made reference then I understood it was Isaiah chapter 40 verses 3 to 5 which I'm reading right now as we begin this message today Isaiah 40 3 to 5 blessed people and he says a voice of one calling in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord make straight in the desert a highway for our God Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. And the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all the people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord, he has spoken. Then three weeks after that again, that's February 23rd now, 2004, three weeks after that, the Lord of hosts again came in a thick dark cloud and then stood there and by voice he said, build up 
build up go ye go ye prepare the way of the lord by voice so when i woke up i wrote this then i searched this in the bible i found it was the book of isaiah chapter 57 verse 14 hallelujah 57 verse 14 so there is no distress now we've spread it into two days now i can now give the message at a more relaxed pace for all the listeners globally and you blessed people seated here Isaiah chapter 57 verse 14 it says the following it says and it will be said build up build up prepare the road remove the obstacles out of the way of my people and then after that I'm finishing now with the part of prophecy so we can begin this message We know that there is a corona virus plague going on globally now. Number 2, we know that the cloud of God almighty has visited these two prophets, this prophet in Kisumu December 22nd, the year 2019. We know that the plague of locust that they prophesied is here. The corona virus they prophesied is here. We know that the sun has been clapping for them to celebrate them at every occasion in every meeting we also know that they have commanded the glorious tears of god almighty to be lowered and you people have recorded into your cameras on that march 11th 2018 after the prophecy that was given prophecy that was given january 15th 2017 we know that benjamin netanyahu is the changes are taking place in israel now We also know that the glorious white cloud of God has been piercing through the sun and pointing the whole earth to these two prophets. Sometimes you see the glory even split into two, pointing at the one in the glorious body, the spiritual body. All these things and more and more, the wedding rings we've shared, they point at one thing, the coming of the Messiah. Therefore, one purpose, the coming of the Messiah. Are we together? I want to slowly now navigate into this message now that we have handled the prophecies that are going to be important in this discussion tonight. I want to talk today if you're looking for the header I want to talk about the current beginnings of birth pain that are going on on the earth. The beginnings of birth pain on the earth. Beginning of birth pains on the earth. Whichever way you want to put it. And your sub-heading there would be executing the terrible judgments of the Lamb. And your sub-sub title becomes the four horsemen of the apocalypse. So that is where our conversation is beginning from and that's the reason I invited some of you here because I don't want you to miss this conversation. Once you have it, nobody can take it away from you. Hallelujah. And thank you for giving me one more day so I don't have to work at a, at a, at a breakneck reckless speed, right? 
So now tomorrow we can continue with this conversation and finish up to the fourth seal and the fifth seal. So now, why is it important to have this conversation on the beginning of birth pains upon the face of the earth? Because of what you are seeing happening globally. So it is only through then that platform that now we can explain what you see happening with the coronavirus, with the locust that is devastating many lands and nations. It is all in there. And especially going globally, going around the world many times, um, talking about the prophecy of the release of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Going everywhere. I kept saying this. Only now it shall become very important and very uh, um, understandable for you. Because now you'll understand why the Lord sent me all over the globe, all over the world. Again, you can start from as far as North Canada is, all the way to the Northern Europe coming downwards, up to Central, Southern America, Southern, I mean, Italy, where, Europe, Finland, here, Africa, Asia. Giving this prophecy of the release of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Only now then will you be able to understand what the Lord was saying. And so, I'm going to describe some very, very intricate conversations, things that happen. Because many times you've heard the two prophets of the Lord saying, I have just come back from heaven. I have just come back from the throne of God. But you did not understand properly because so much was kept away from you that is now going to be opened up here today. Hallelujah. And I want you to be of good joy because the 20 lamps have been well dressed. <laughs> and it's really not only that we have to say it because every time the devil does something, he does announce it on top of Mount Everest with a trumpet. So we have to announce this too that the Lord has come in the cloud of his glory as these two prophets called him and we are celebrating that without any apologies. <laughs> no apologies. No apologies. I'm only sad that some of the bishops are not here, the senior bishops, but I think they're on their way, right? So this is very powerful here. So now, Listen to me very carefully, blessed people tuned in globally. And I'm hoping that the graphics are right because I'm beginning to take off now in terms of uh, the graphics of the mixer. Is the, is the output right so I can move into the message without fear? Perfect. Now my voice is clear. The words I'm speaking are clear to people in Latin America, to Pastor Luciana, wherever she is now. To my daughter Ritarine in Taiwan. And I know, of course, my daughter Bishop Julie of Germany is saying, I hope he remembers people. So, <laughs> hallelujah. And Bishop Antila in Finland. You know, I may not mention all the names, Julia Falga in Netherlands, so that they can hear the word clearly and the whole world, of course. Dr. Amish is like, why is he segregating? And everyone who are tuned in, 
Dr. Makwengo, the whole known wide world, right? Look at these blessed people. In my introduction, I want to lay this forward very clean and clear. That uh, when you look at the book of Revelation, you just look at, you, you take the Bible and open the book of Revelation. It's a whole big book there. And begin to go through the chapters of that book. There is one thing that will strike you in your reading. If you're reading through them, you're opening and reading through. You'll find that the book of Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3 mostly deal with repentance. With the message of repentance the Lord is sending to the church. He, in fact, he even characterizes and says, I've spent the, he sent the spirit of the Lord, the, the, the seven spirits he's sending to the churches. So he's instructing the churches. And the conversation there is on repentance, is on preparedness and preparation. Preparing for the coming of the Messiah. And so you see, for example, I'm opening my Bible now, the book of Revelation, and I'm reading, um, for example, uh, chapter 1, it talks about the coming of the Messiah. Verse 7, it talks about that second coming I talked about, he says, look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him. Even those who pierced him and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him, so shall it be. Amen. And then he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come the Almighty. So that is very powerful. So he's describing an event when he comes to Jerusalem, when the entire earth is able to see him coming. Not stealth, stealthy, like a thief, not at all. He's describing that event I was talking about coming to Jerusalem. But if you just turn on to the same um, chapter 1, verse 10, he says, On the Lord's day, I was in the Spirit. And I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet which said, Write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, to Thyatira, to Sardis, to Philadelphia, and Lodice. So you see, he's sending a message to the churches. I mean, the whole Bible really is one big letter, one big message to the churches. But I'm saying, I'm just beginning to, to stratify for you the Bible, characterize it for you, for the purposes that are set before us tonight, right? And then if you move a little further, you meet chapter 2. And then he says, the book of, uh, well, you can still read chapter 1 if you want, verse 17, he said, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now, look, I am alive forever and ever. This is the most beautiful news the world can ever receive, that he lives. He lives again. And say, and I hold the keys of death and hate. Meaning he went down there and shut the doors, right? Right there for what you have seen, what is now and what is to take place. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in the right hand and the seven stars uh, that you saw in the right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches 
and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. So again, still in the same context, message by the Spirit of the Lord, by Christ Jesus, the owner of the church, to the church, to the church of Christ. Now, chapter 2. In the book of Revelation, chapter 2, he says the following. For example, um, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds. You work hard. I know your work, I know your hard work. Your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. This is like talking to the right church, you understand? In the, until now. And then it says, verse 3 of Revelation chapter 2 You have persevered and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. That is a very powerful church he's describing but until now, right? He says, yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first, meaning your first love, meaning the cross and the blood. And he says, consider now how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I'll come to you and remove your lampstand from his place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practice of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear. So this is very important. Again, what is he saying here? If you look at Revelation chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, he's instructing the church on a revival. If you listen more carefully with a finer ear, you hear as though he's instructing a revival into the church. That yes, you're already born again, but refreshing times of revival have come. And how does that refreshing time come? He says, by the fresh instruction from the Lord, which is now guiding and navigating them because he's saying, remember the things you did at first. Can you go back and do them? In other words, can you remember the cross and the blood? Can you go back to the cross, your first love? And so, you can tell that there's a renewal, a reformation, a revival, a restoration, resuscitation, rehabilitation. All the rewords, rebuilding, restrengthening, resetting. So, so you see, it's a very important way to look at the message we're going to look at now in terms of going through all the narratives that are within the book of Revelation so that we may understand how it is structured and what it was meant to achieve in the church now, in this generation. Right? And so there you go. The book of Revelation chapter 2 is instruct 1 and 2. Message to the church, but instructing revival. He said, let us have a repentance revival. That's all he's saying. That let us return. And for me, when that happens, that also tells you that it is time. Something's about to happen. He's preparing the church. Really preparing the church. Preparing the way. Right? Are we together, Senior Bishop Zachary Kibali, my son? I'm announcing you live on Radio Kericho. People are like, wow. 
Finally, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. But if you move on to the book of... Still in chapter 2, you find so much instruction that is given to the church. These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are in the synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil put some of you to prison to test you, and you suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. So again, the instruction to the church, reformation, but preparing the church for an event, encouraging her, stay the course, stay the course, keep the journey, keep on the path, keep the road. And the bottom line of all this is really holiness. To make sure that holiness is sustainable, sustained in the church. That's why this revival is coming on. And he goes on and on. Still, chapter 2 of the book of Revelation. Nevertheless, I'm reading verse 20 here. I have this against you. You tolerate this woman, that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed to idols. I have given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So cast, and it goes on and on. All this is about correcting the church. Chapter 3. The book of Revelation, chapter 3. And to different churches, Sardis, and it says, for example, these are the words of him who holds the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen that which remains, what remains and is about to die. For I have found your deeds unfinished in my sight, in the sight of my God. Remember, therefore, what you have received and heard. So he's talking about... There was a journey, there was salvation, everything began well. And then along the way, either through the blending of salvation with the life on this earth, but along the way, there are losses on the gains. That's what he's talking about here. He's saying, then get up and re-strengthen that little that's left. Again, renewal, revival, resuscitation, restoration, all renewing the church afresh, giving a fresh breath into the church for a purpose, preparing her for the Messiah. He says, for example, here verse 17, you say I am rich, I have acquired wealth and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, naked. I counsel you to buy from me refined, gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich. White clothes so that you can wear 
so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and serve to put in your eyes. So he's talking to this church in Laodicea. This particular church, if you took one case like Laodicea, this church, this community was known for that industry. They produced eye ointments, which had a little bit of antibiotic activity. They were so good that the eye salve is talking about. They were so good in textile and so forth. And then along the way, as the church there was growing and developing, she began to lean more onto the world. And that's why he came to her and tell her, no, 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 it's not about the world. You may say you have clothes or you have the salve for your eyes or whatever it is. You're good in this industry. But I believe you me, you are blind. You're not seeing. Because it's now about spiritual sight. And he said, come to me that I give you this wonderful white garment that you may not be naked. Again, a church that has leaned more to the world. Are we together? Revelation chapter 3 verse 10. For example, he says, verse 10, Since you have kept my command to endure Patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is coming and is to come to the whole world to test the inhabitants of the earth. Again, now there is talking to them about the church. Everyone is on me here, please. The church. Begun very well. Born again. Salvation. Taught righteousness and holiness. But along the way, now things are happening they are beginning to lose the gains of salvation and that can only be compromising on holiness. That's what he's talking about here. Then he's saying, those who persevere, if you persevere, if you remain steadfast on righteousness, then he promises all this, that look, in any case, the kingdom is prepared for you. Then he says, in any case, I'll take you into the kingdom that you may see that, not see the hour of trial the difficult hour of tribulation and the great tribulation that's coming. There's no better place also where that message is really alive than this church you sitting here because of what you see happening globally, right? That if you maintain your steadfastness and righteousness, you see now the coronavirus is unbelievable. It's dreadful. And you know, these two prophets have spoken another uh, plague, the boils, which are uh, uh, the, the dust that they tossed before the Lord settled on the ground. And I think through the dust there's an infection also. So it's very dreadful. But in the process he's saying, look how dreadful it is. Even you now, if you remain steadfast, this message is to you. Then you will earn a place in the kingdom of God and avoid, and avoid earn a place in the kingdom of God and avoid the dread that you see happening now with the coronavirus. You can imagine how much more terrible it will be when the church has been taken away. Hallelujah. So the book of Revelation chapters 1, 2, 3 talk about the scroll. Ah, sorry. <laughs> I'm really ahead of myself, right? Okay, I know I want to talk about the scroll today, right? That's really where I'm headed to. Hallelujah. Yes, so we have seen the introduction. So can we stop it here? Then you people take a health break and come back. Thank you.